This is Donnie Tuttle, the Sell Anywhere trainer, coach, and practitioner. Welcome to the only podcast designed for the remote sales professional and the remote leader, helping you live with more joy, more freedom, and more productivity. We believe that your talent is not limited to years of code and that you can build the life that you want while selling from anywhere. What's up, Sell Anywhere crowd? Thank you so much for believing in yourself to know that your talent is not limited to your zip code. I am with someone who is uh, perhaps the genesis of the anywhere part of our Sell Anywhere journey. Um, my, as you know, my wife and I have been on the road for almost two years at this point in September of 2018, and we've been doing a slow travel around the United States, we're about to go into Mexico, and all the while running a business, growing a business, and, and, and selling, and that's what this whole thing is about. But this, this is um, a great opportunity to, for you to meet one of the people that really um, sparked the idea of possible for us on the anywhere part. So I'm not going to reveal too much yet, but I'm just going to, uh, for right now, uh, welcome the one, the only, Amy Scott to our show. Amy, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? I always like to know where you're at in the beginning. Yep. Where I'm in Mexico Scott? City. Mexico City. And, and how long have you been there? Uh, well, except for a couple quick jaunts elsewhere, I've been here, oh gosh, almost 11 months. <laughs> a really long time in the nomad world. 11 months. Okay. That's, that, that's like almost growing roots, right? I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll share a little bit. We actually um, listened to and found you in the world of podcasting years and years ago. And uh, actually it was my, my beautiful wife who found you and, uh, and began to think of what is possible you know, with this, with this traveling thing, with this nomadic lifestyle. And, um, and, and so you were the, the spark of that. And, and the podcast is, is still out there and, and going strong and really kicking butt. It's called Nomadtopia. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the vision and, and like, where did this whole nomadic lifestyle thing come from? Uh, well, yeah, so the podcast has been around since 2014, which, yeah, I feel like in podcasting terms is like, <laughs> dark ages. Um, <laughs> I have actually been, and no, I should say, so the podcast is called Nomadtopia Radio. Oh, Nomadtopia, the um, website, blog, etc., has been around since 2011. And I have been location independent since 2004. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this has been going on for a while for me. And um, what sparked it all for me was getting a crazy idea that um, I should quit my job and travel. I was living in San Francisco and you know, life was fine. I was not one of those people who hated my job or was totally miserable. Um, but I also did want to travel more and I had a conversation that kind of sparked this idea. And long story short, I saved up a bunch of money and quit my job to do around the world trip. And that was really what sparked everything because then, I mean, who wants to go back to an office, right? After you've gotten that, that taste of freedom and adventure and life on the road. And uh, so that was when I was looking at, okay, how can I continue this adventure? 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the press. All right. That, because I, I want to know more about this now. And I, and I love, by the way, Amy, that um, you weren't running away from anything. No. You were, you were running to something. And, yep. uh, and that's, that I think is what makes this a sustainable lifestyle. I've talked to people and you've talked to people that uh, kind of, you know, kind of fizzled out. It wasn't the happy experience, but yeah. like, okay, wh- like, what put the idea of this, this adventure into your mind? What were you doing for work before and how did you make that, that transition? Yeah, so I was working actually for a travel guidebook publisher. <laughs> so oh, yeah. surrounded by travel all the time. That's Although like cheating. Actually, yeah. I know, but you know what? Actually, I forget this part sometimes. I actually came up with the idea for the trip and then changed jobs. So because I, the you know, I was living in San Francisco, not making a ton of money. I knew it was going to take a while to put this idea into action. Um, and I just happened to have connections and got this job in the meantime. And I, of course, didn't tell them what my grand plan was. Um, but the original idea actually came about um, talking to some of my cousins who are about 10 years older than I am. So at the time, I was late 20s. They were late 30s. And like one of them had just gotten married. They were kind of, you know, quote unquote, settling down and saying like they were so glad they'd done all these adventurous things before then and kind of saying to me like you know you love to travel like don't you want to do more like see more do more before you know quote quote unquote while you still can (laughs) life Um, ends right when you get exactly yeah um and i don't think this is really what they meant but i totally took that to heart i was actually away for the weekend when i saw them and by the time i got back to san francisco where i lived with my boyfriend i said okay here's the plan <laughs> we're going to quit our jobs we're going to travel for at least 6 months and then after that you know maybe move somewhere else move to another country who knows but this is my grand plan um and he was totally on board at first and in the 2 years it took to save enough money um we broke up and so i ended up going by myself two years yeah actually i think it was two two and a half actually okay how did you sustain yourself for that two years did you have just like this this uh like i guess i've seen like vision boards where you have all these things posted from your awesome travel (laughs) guide job that was put out there how did you sustain that and and keep that vision and not just give up and spend it on car or something i was just i was so um I was just all in. I was like obsessed and reading everything I could get my hands on, researching, finding out that, oh, like round the world trip, that's like a thing, you know, and finding Yahoo groups where other people were doing the same thing because this was all, you know, pre-Facebook, pre-everything. Yeah, Yahoo groups, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just was so, I was just on a real one-track mind. And every time, you know, that there was an opportunity to spend money on something else, or, you know, like I might have to, might start to doubt. I would think like, yeah, well, dinner out or another night in Thailand mm. or whatever, you know? And I just, you know, like I, I uh, maybe say took breaks, so to speak, from the really hardcore savings every now and then, I suppose. But I mean, I sold my car. Um, and then after I broke up with my boyfriend, you know, moved in with roommates, like just looking for any opportunity to save money. Um, and because I just was determined that I was going to make this happen. Mm. That is so cool. That and, and and I love, and I think it's the same. Like I'm like like that picture of determination that I'm I'm seeing. Like that that unstoppable will, right? It's um, 
but it's that realization that when you say yes to one thing, you're, you have to say no to another. And that too many people, Amy, I feel like get, they give up for, they give up what they really want for what they want in the moment. And you just, you plowed through and you did it. So, um, all right. Adjustments. Uh, First off, like, why did you, you came back from your, your circuit and you said, I'm not stopping. Or did you come back and, and live and I'm holding up air quotes, the normal life for a little while. And then go like, how did that? Yeah. Well, first of all, at the end of my trip, um, I always, I have to admit, I kind of pat myself on the back for this. This was such a smart idea. I don't know how I came up with it. Near the end of my trip, I purposely scheduled a week in a cheap little bungalow on a, you know, on a beach in Thailand to kind of like regroup and decompress and like, you know, what's the word debrief on this Mm. whole, like Mm. what just happened? You know, (laughs) I've just spent almost nine months on the road. You know, what have I learned? What do I want? What's next? Um, And during, I probably, some of this I'm sure I already had inklings of, but basically I think through that, by the time I got back to the States, I had a pretty solid plan, which Mm. was um, to basically email everybody I knew in publishing and tell them that I was setting myself up as a freelance editor. Um, That was another benefit of having worked in publishing. I was hiring freelancers all the time and they lived all over the place. In fact, we had a freelance copy editor, a former employee of the company who then had moved to Costa Rica. So like, I totally knew all of that was possible. Mm, Okay. So I was like, yep, that sounds good to me. And so luckily had enough money when I got back to buy a laptop and, you know, kind of hung up my shingle. And so in the work sense, I didn't go back. Like I, you know, I, I was like, I already don't have a job. Like there's really nothing to lose at this Mm. point. So I'll try out this freelance thing. Um, But I did go back to normal life in the sense that, well, that's a whole other story. We ended up dating somebody who lived in LA. Um, And so I ended up moving to LA to be with him. And so, yeah, like I got an apartment and bought a car, um, you know, total beater car, but yeah, Uh like I kind of settled down in that sense. Um, but with the plan that, okay, I'm going to make sure this freelance thing works and, you know, like I can support myself and then I'm out of here. And then I left again and moved to Argentina. I love it. And, and, and so the plane's off the ground. It can go wherever you want it to go. The wheels are, <laughs> wheels are up. Wheels yeah. are up. So, all right. So tell me this, um, there had to have been adjustments. There has to be something like you go from conventional American life into something that is not conventional. It's different. And um, like, like, w- were there any shocks to the system, positive or negative? Like, how, like, what things did you have to adjust? What were? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways. Well, for one, I, I'm a very adaptable person, and I like. I think those kinds of adjustments are pretty easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, there were certainly like logistical uh, adjustments, you know, like getting used to setting my own schedule and being totally in charge of my, of yes. my day, and my week and my time. Yes. Um, but, and actually, I think I did pretty well with that. Even at the beginning, I think because, you know, people sometimes say like, well, how do you have the motivation to work when it's all on you? And I just would think, well, if I don't work, there's no money. I mean, that's a pretty easy motivation for me right there. <laughs> right. Um, I'm addicted to eating. Know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
you know, if you have two weeks to finish a project, yes, you might not do much for the first week and then cram it all into the second week. But, you know, it's just, to me, that was kind of like, you know, going back to college or something. You just cram when you have a deadline. Um, but then, you know, there were definitely some logistical things I needed to sort out um, at different stages along the way, dealing with all of my stuff, dealing with mail, dealing with communication. Actually, that makes me think, when I first moved to Buenos Aires, I, you know, this is 2007. I, I don't even think smartphones existed then. I was a pretty late comer to smartphones actually, but I don't even know if they existed at that point. Um, and I definitely struggled with some stuff in terms of not wanting to be chained to my desk all the time, but like, say for example, someone tells me, a client tells me, okay, I'm sending you this project on Tuesday. Like, okay, great. But like, what time? Like maybe I have until 4 PM, I could be out doing something else. <laughs> and so I was coming up with all of these crazy workarounds. I actually signed up for Twitter initially because a client told me that we could have our DMs forward to text message. <laughs> so she wow. could DM me on Twitter and be like, I just sent you a thing. And I would get it on my phone as a text message. So anyway, that's just one so, example. Yeah, so, so things have changed, right? We have, I think that technology has yeah. never been what it is today and it's never been easier. Uh, to do this, everything from vacation home rentals like uh, like our family uses to, you know, what uh, the wireless phone providers are doing and laptops and hotspots and all of these things. Um, like, talk to me a, a little bit about how logistically it works now. So if you, if you uh, leave from Mexico City and you go to somewhere else, um, like what... What are you thinking? I guess logistically, how does that work for you communications wise and mm -hmm. what, what stuff do you need? Yeah, God, things have, yes, things have changed so much and in so many ways are a lot easier. Um, well, I guess part of it is if I'm leaving the country or just going to another part of Mexico. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico in the last few years. So I have a Mexican phone number. I have a Mexico SIM card. Uh, so I can bounce around Mexico and, you know, none of that changes. I can access the data and people can call me and so on. Um, if I was moving to another country, short or long term, um, depending on how long I was going and whether it was, you know, just really a vacation or if I actually need to get some work done, mm -hmm. I would probably get a local SIM card in that new country. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, that just really keeps you connected when when you're not sure, you know, how the Wi-Fi is going to be or how, how the rest of it's going to go. But I mean, I really feel like aside from finding a place to stay, making sure that, you know, I have some way to get online and stay connected. That's really the only thing that changes from place to place. Um, and the currency. I've had a couple situations where I just got on a plane and totally forgot I was going to another country. <laughs> and like, oh crap, what, you know, what's the currency? What's the exchange? <laughs> I'm like standing at the ATM realizing I have absolutely no, how, no idea how much to withdraw. Um, so yeah. So, so in, yeah, it's really kind of simple to go from place to place these days. So Yeah, okay. So, and, and I uh, duly noted, I guess like I'm thinking in terms of currency, one of the things that uh, we've gotten from uh, just being a part of the, uh, the group is that... Um, 
like we shouldn't just show up with like a uh, suitcase full of pesos when we come to Mexico, <laughs> right? There's, there's, uh, they have these things called ATMs. They have them there too. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I am, um, you mentioned time. You mentioned mm-hmm. schedule. And I wonder if you could, um, it, it, this is interesting because I think this is like the common devil we all fight, um, especially those of us who work at a non-traditional office location too. I think those in an office do as well. They just don't realize it because their day is filled with so many other things. Yeah. But I heard, um, I heard it said from uh, these two, uh, these two, these guys that sing, they sang a song called Working From Home, Trip and Tyler. It's, a, it's just a funny song. Look it up on YouTube. Uh, but they said, the, the line they said on there, uh, sometimes it's hard to do anything when you can do everything. Yeah. And you have the option. You have sometimes these beautiful exotic locations. You have uh, whatever, so many things that could call you. And you're a professional. I, I, that's one thing I know about you. How do you stay on, ta- on task and on track? And how do you make sure that, um, you know, that Amy Scott's doing what she's supposed to do? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, yeah, I find the same is true just in general location independence. Like when you can go anywhere, how do you decide where to go? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting actually in the very early days, in fact, when I, just when I got back from my trip, I was setting up, uh, building my own from scratch HTML website, deciding oh, on a business name. And I was in this copy editors listserv again, old school and, um, asked them what they thought of the name nomad editorial. And they were like, oh no, you throw the word nomad in there and everyone's going to think that you're shifty and irresponsible and like, you know, they can't track you down and like, you're never, you know, like, why would anyone hire you? And of course, that's not my perspective on that word at all. Right. And I decided to ignore them and do it anyway. But it did, I think that those comments did spark this sense of you know, well, and well, that's a whole other thing. I was, you know, for a while, I was actually pretty quiet about my life and why my business was called Nomad. Kind of, um, kind of have to be, right? Right. I was nervous that people were, well, because like these people had said, I was worried that if people found out I had lived in Argentina or something, that they would be like, hmm, okay, well, we better find somebody else. And I, I realized over time that that was totally not true. And by and large, the people I want to work with um, see it as an asset and, you know, like want to come deliver their manuscripts in person. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I think, and I've always had a strong work ethic, but I think maybe because of that idea also, I felt like I really need to deliver and I need to, you know, people need to know that they can trust me and that my lifestyle choices and my location are completely irrelevant Mm. to my ability to do this job. Um, In fact, I teach a lot of stuff about working from anywhere. And one of the things I talk about is I think that's really the crux of all of it is to make your location as irrelevant as possible. Mm. Um, so yeah, the way I structure my time, you know, making sure I have backups to get online, like whatever it might be, I'm constantly looking for, uh, yeah, for ways that my life and travel choices aren't impacting the people I work with. Um, well said. If you're looking for like a, a yeah, what specific, what do you do? Like describe your schedule. Hat, yeah. Like, is- well, one thing it, when I'm changing locations more often, one thing I definitely focus on 
is not scheduling important calls or deadlines right before or after I changed location because I have learned firsthand there's nothing worse than arriving somewhere new and having to do something immediately and the internet's out or, mm. you know, or whatever, or let's say I like, for example, schedule a podcast interview and then realize there's construction right across the street or you know, <laughs> whatever it is. And so I found that giving myself even just two days is so, I'm all about relieving stress also and avoiding stress. And so if I know that I have that buffer and I arrive somewhere and things are not what I expected, I've got some time to sort it out mm. and still meet whatever expectations, you know, somebody else might be having and waiting for um, without, yeah, without just totally freaking out. Buffer, the two day buffer. Yeah. The kill stress. That's, that's great. I'm going to employ that very soon as um, we fly into Mexico city where you're at <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. All right. So tell me, tell me this, like, can you describe maybe a day in the life of, or like, what does your schedule look like? Or what are the, what are the time rituals that you make sure that you keep? Yeah. Well, you know, one thing we were talking about earlier with adjustments, I realized that something that has been surprisingly hard for me to bust out of, and I feel like I may be finally getting there is this idea that we have to work certain hours. Mm. And I, for example, I am not a super hardcore morning person. Uh, and yet I still have this idea in my head that like, if I'm not at my desk by nine o'clock, you know, that I'm a slacker or that like, I'm, you know, I don't know what it is. And but I found that for me, um, I'm trying to get back in shape. And so I'm really focused on working out in the morning, but I don't really get started. Like I get up about 7.30, but I might not get to the gym till like 8.30. And so I'm usually not at my desk till like 10.30, 11. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just, you know, I've, I've come to embrace that and to recognize that I have other priorities as well. Um, and then I, the, and part of this too, is that I really focus on time blocking. And to me, that has two aspects. One is having time blocked out of my schedule for specific things. So for example, I have my editing work, but then I also have the podcast and I have the collective and all of these other things I'm doing too. And so I make sure I have 15 hours a week on my schedule that are blocked out for editing work if and when it shows up. And then if I end up not having an, you know, a project one week, then I can use that time for something else. But so, oh, I don't know where this came from, but there's a, an idea that's bandied about a lot about having um, your big rocks yeah. and you put those in first. And so I would say I probably the editing is my big rock and the workouts and then looking at the rest of my time and blocking out, you know, time for um, coaching calls, podcast interviews, time to be in the collective and so on. Um, and then, yeah, just having kind of an ideal schedule for any given week. And mm. then obviously things are, you know, constantly shifting <laughs> and adjusting. All right. Just wanted to take a real quick break here because I want you to go and hit the pause button and go over and connect with me on social media. Because if you're not there, like first off, how can we even be called friends, right? I want you to find me on LinkedIn. I want you to find me on Instagram. And it's Donnie Tuttle, D-O-N-N-I-E, Tuttle, T-U-T-T-L-E. 
and let's connect because here's the deal any of those little thought nuggets any of those you know those things that are happening to me throughout my week you are going to be able to connect with and boy I'd love to interact with you so go ahead and do that let's keep the interaction going let's keep the party going and now back to the show I love that I love that you're working from an ideal schedule and um so many powerful things that you that you shared there and the cool thing is too I love that you're dealing with with your time exactly what you did with your location mm. you're basically making it irrelevant right yeah. it, like it, I'm just I'm effective doesn't matter when I'm effective I'm just effective Do, is there anything that you've um that you've done to keep yourself from overworking because sometimes because um you know, we don't have the walls around us, you know, the walls yeah. don't change around us. And so it doesn't remind us that, Hey, dummy change back into regular life. Um, it's, so what happens is a lot of us actually work more yeah. when, um, right. When we, when we're our, like, I guess the environment is the same. Um, yeah. is there anything that you do to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah. A couple things. Um, I have a lunch block on my calendar, just like everything else. And, um, also I have kind of a general, uh, it shifts a bit depending on the day, but generally my goal is to be off the computer. Well, I think officially my goal is seven, but in reality, it's probably a little closer to eight, but you know, then it's like shut down, have dinner, you know, relax. Mm -hmm. And I also try with varying levels of success to take one day on the weekend that I'm totally offline. And like, I don't open my computer. I don't check email. I don't, I, you know, I stay off social media um, I might be online in the sense of like, I might, you know, watch Netflix, <laughs> right. listen to Spotify, but, um, but yeah, really just focusing on, you know, other things that I enjoy doing and not, um, just letting, like you said, letting work, um, and computer time seep into all of uh, every one of my days. Yeah. I love it. And one of my favorite things, and maybe you've noticed the same, Amy, does it almost make you want to be out more in the world when you're in these, uh, these, these locations that you've chosen rather than just where you just happen to be? Um, like, do you find yourself adventuring more and experiencing more outside? Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I remember when I first moved to Buenos Aires, um, I was lucky to be very busy with work, but I found, um, I remember thinking to myself, I am like, and I was renting like this little room in this old woman's apartment. Like the whole thing was kind of <laughs> crazy. But so I would sit in my room and work all day. And I don't know why I wasn't going to cafes or anything at that point. Anyway, I, I remember thinking, I'm just sitting in this room all day working. Like, why am I here? Meaning, right. you know, Buenos Aires. Like, right. what's the point? And then I reminded myself, yeah, but at any given moment, I can stop and I can walk outside. And I'm in freaking Argentina, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't have to get on a plane. I could walk outside and like go to the grocery store even for, you know, half an hour or yeah, I ended up, and then I actually did end up going out like, um, almost every night for <laughs> quite a while. It's amazing. <laughs> I like there. Um, yeah. So my life, I'm married now and trying to save money again. And like my life's a little bit more sedate, but yes, um, definitely, um, being able to walk outside and explore something new anytime is pretty awesome. So, and I, and I, even just the idea of, of, I guess the, the lifestyle that you, that you live that we're, that we've just started, you know, I feel like that one of the key words is freedom mm -hmm. and freedom doesn't mean that you're always doing all of these things. It just means that you, you can. Exactly. And, uh, and, and I love that the use like, I have the option. 
and, and the reality is, is that no one, like at the end of the day, who's the one who tells us how to spend our time, right? Who, who tells us what's important? Who decides that? We do. And um, that, that's a, a cool place uh, to be. All right, you, as we're going through this, and you mentioned cafes, and I'm thinking some of the various places I've been at, and, and some of the, um, I, I want to hear maybe some of the professional challenges, and maybe how you've overcome those, because you're a professional, right? You work with others who are, right, um, some of them are buttoned down, right? And, and they're expecting professional uh, work, and um, I don't know, just, just various scenarios. I've, I've been at coffee shops, I'm, like, you, you mentioned the cafes, um, like how do you maintain professionalism other than your time and getting your work done? Like, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you maintain that, um, the, the image, of right with the, with the people you're doing business with, how do you make, you have a great podcast, you have a great, um, you know, so many great things you've done to build your brand. How? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think, um, cause it's know, gotta it's, be challenging. I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking that's gotta be, yeah, there's, Oh gosh. Okay. I'm thinking of like five different directions I could take this. Well, take them all. Take them all. <laughs> okay. Well, first, um, it's really been interesting. I feel like there's been a pretty significant shift in the last, um, well, I mean the last 10, 15 years, you know, the time that I've been working for myself and being online and all of this, I think that I used to feel, and I mentioned earlier, like I used to never say anything on my website about, you know, my travels and whatever. I used to be trying to keep a very strict separation between my work and, you know, my business and my life. And the internet is an interesting place because for better or worse, I think it's broken down a lot of those barriers. Mm. And I also think that more and more people are recognizing that they want to work with people, you know, that they like and that, you know, they feel some kind of connection to Mm -hmm. because of their personality, their, you know, the way they live their life, whatever. And I've gotten hired for some jobs, um, you know, editing work because I speak Spanish or because of my international experience or because of my travel experience, what have it, what have you. And it's helped me realize that if I, don't talk about that part that I'm actually, I'm probably limiting my options in terms of being able to work with people that I really like. And um, at the same time, (laughs) I will also say that I think, like you mentioned, the cafes, I feel very strongly about, um, there are just some simple things you can do to, you know, so I guess my point is that I think things have gotten a lot more informal Mm. in a lot of industries in a lot of ways. And I think in some thing, you know, in some aspects, that's a good thing. But for me, I don't think it's a good thing if someone's in a cafe and calls me for like a coaching session right. um, or an interview or something. And like, there's so much background noise. And then I'm just like, and I've, I've been on both sides of that, you know, in different kinds of situations. And I know how it can sound like the quietest corner of this quiet cafe, but you have no idea how much your earbud mic is picking up, you know, all of that sound. And then it sounds the other person, like you can't concentrate or you're distracted. So yeah, I'm on a bit of a soapbox now, but I feel really strongly about, it's like such a simple thing, but like to make sure that you have a quiet space 
for those important calls mm. because that is the kind of thing that just shows a level of professionalism that, um, yeah, just reassures people, you know, and makes them feel like, okay, yeah, like this person's got it together and, you know, and they take, they take their job seriously. So you can be cool and considerate <laughs> at the same time. Have you ever had any scares? Any, any times where you're like, oh no, is this going to, you know, the internet's bad or is this going to sound okay while I'm, while I'm, you know, doing a coaching call or um, have you ever had? Oh gosh, I'm sure. I, yeah, let's see. I'm trying to think of a specific situation. Um, well, I, yeah, podcasting is definitely something that oh, is yeah. remarkably challenging when you're on the road. Um, and well, the reason I used the construction example earlier is because this, this happened to me. I had a bunch of podcast interviews scheduled because um, my husband and I were meeting a friend at an Airbnb outside Washington, DC. And we were all going to like hunker down for a week. This place was supposed to have amazing internet. And I had already booked a bunch of calls. I had a call with the BBC and I had like three um, interviews for my own podcast scheduled, like all this important stuff. And we get there and there was literally a brand new building going up right across oh, the street oh, no. and all of our windows like face this. Oh, and I was no. like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And which is interesting. Cause actually if it hadn't been for knowing that the internet was supposed to be really good, I probably never would have scheduled calls when I was only going to be in, in a new place for a week. Like right. that's just too stressful. Um, but anyway, I ended up um, doing them in the closet. <laughs> I was sitting on the floor, like I had the closet. It wasn't even a walk-in closet. I was sitting like, I had the closet door open and I was sitting on the floor, like half in the closet with my mic, you know, um, to record these interviews because it was the quietest place in the house. Oh my goodness. This is so funny. I was, <laughs> it was a few weeks ago. This is here in the States. We, we happen to have been sleeping on our mother-in-law's, uh, you know, in her house for a little bit. And mm -hmm. It was just a loud house. So I was in the garage <laughs> on top of the washer uh, doing a podcast a couple of weeks ago. So it's not always those images of us with those uh, amazing mics with the mic stands in front of us. And uh, <laughs> Right, exactly. So true. I love it. Talk to, us, talk to us a little bit about group. Like you were, you were someone that has provided an amazing tool out there. And so if you're someone who is interested in um, just, you know, whether it's being location independent, which maybe we should define or, uh, you know, being, I, I don't know, there's various levels of people who are just working and living unconventional, mm -hmm. unconventional lives. Um, but you really need to be a part of, uh, Nomadtopia collective. You really should be listening to, uh, Nomadtopia radio. Um, because like the trajectory of others does something, uh, for you as well. And, and uh, like, I know, Amy, this was important to you. That's why you started it. Maybe it didn't exist when you started it. I don't know. Just talk to us about, about community and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and what you see as a result and, and maybe what you didn't have. Yeah. Well, I think, as I mentioned, in, you know, back in the early days, um, I had the Yahoo groups, which were so incredibly helpful. And I mean, in fact, a very good friend of mine, uh, this, to this day is somebody I met through that Yahoo group. She, I was following her blog while she was on her round the world trip and she ended her trip in San Francisco. Um, 
And yeah, so it's funny, we only lived in the same place, I think for a year, and then I headed off on my trip, but anyway. So yeah, I, I knew, I had seen firsthand from very early on the importance of having that kind of community. And especially because nobody I knew in my normal life was doing anything of the sort. Right. And I was also being, because, well, because I knew it was going to take a while. Um, I was incredibly paranoid about, you know, so-called wrong people, like my boss, finding out before I was ready for them to know. So that was also a cool thing was that the Yahoo groups, you know, this is before all the other social media, like it was totally private. Um, and I really valued that. So after I started Nomadtopia, I don't think at the very outset community was one of the pieces that I had on my radar, but, um, not long after in 2012, I just kind of got this brainstorm. I noticed I knew people online, you know, at this point I was friends with people on Facebook. I was noticing like, Oh, so-and-so wants to be location independent. And so does so-and-so and that other girl and none of them knew each other. And every time someone saw what I was doing, it was like, oh, hey, like, I want to do that, or I am doing that. I was like, weird. I know all these people now, and none of them know each other. And so really on a whim, I started a Facebook group huh. and basically said, and I messaged, like, say, those 10 people or whatever it was, and said, I know you all are either, you know, starting out or on this path, and it sounds like you're eager to connect with people, and none of you know each other, so come be in my Facebook group. Um, so that was six years ago. Um, and so that really, you know, I mean, that just gave me the kind of proved to me that, um, and they were all eager to join, you know, signed up immediately, started inviting friends, et cetera. And over the years, I have seen the value of that, but I've also seen all of the reasons I hate Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and some, I mean, and some of them are, are, are very practical in the sense that I think it's gotten a little bit better, but like the search in Facebook groups is terrible. Yeah. Um, if you're paranoid about people finding out, like I used to be, also not a great place to be. Hmm. Um, what else? Well, and then just some people, you know, yeah, some people are just really private people and maybe they want to connect with people who are on the same path but they don't want those people to then like send them friend requests and stuff, you know, like they kind of like to segment their lives a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, aside from search, like there's no way to organize the content. Like I started to have this bigger vision of something that would really become just, you know, a hub of information and resources and support for this lifestyle. And just, you know, Facebook's not built for that. Like it just right. is not, right. it's not really the right venue for that. So, so yeah. So like, tell me like what's going on. Tell us about the awesome work of what you have going on with Nomadtopia. Like what's it doing? Like, what have you heard? What stories have you heard? Yeah. Um, tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, um, I don't know if you know this, this is actually my second attempt at doing this off Facebook community. The first time with a bit of a flop. <laughs> and so that's another thing. I am just, we just had our first year anniversary, um, anniversary for the collective. And I'm just thrilled with um, how this year has gone and how it's growing. And uh, yeah, it, I just feel so relieved in a lot of ways that it's working this time. Um, so 
Yeah, what's happening? It's been, so I invited, um, to start, I invited in kind of an intentional mix of people who I knew were at varying points along this path. I think that we all have things to contribute, you know, whether we're um, still figuring it all out or we've been doing it for a long time. And I, I think that's brought a really good energy to the group and people are really uh, happy to, to share what they know, whether it's like some crazy little thing they just figured out last week or something that's, you know, been a guiding force for 10 years. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, everyone has just come together to support each other in a really awesome way. And I'm seeing that people feel like it's a really safe space and people have told me that they feel it's a safe space, um, it, which I think is important for a number of reasons. One, I think there's a lot of stereotypes out there about like the so-called right way <laughs> to do this. Um, and that if you don't want to live by the beach or you don't want to travel to a new location every month or every week or what have you, that like you're doing it wrong. And this is a place where you can explore absolutely any variation on the theme and no one's going to be like, yeah, no, that, like, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and I also think um, something that's come up a lot is that, and I have felt some of this myself, is that, you know, there's a lot of challenges and just confusing and difficult things that can come up in this lifestyle. And it doesn't mean that, like, you're going to quit. And if you start telling someone back home, you know, that like, oh my God, like I just cannot figure out, you know, like my bank situation, it's just a total so mess and it's so complicated. They're going to go like, oh yeah, I told you so. Why don't you come home? <laughs> told you to know that. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and that is not the point, right? Like, yes, you've come up against something that's causing a challenge right this minute, but that doesn't negate what you're doing or what you want to be doing. And so to have a place that you can talk about the hard stuff and maybe even say, I'm thinking about quitting, like, oh my God, you know, like whatever is coming up for somebody, right. um, have a space to explore that without judgment. And yeah, without people being like, yeah, you're crazy. Just Yes. That's <laughs> That is so important. And actually, I've seen there's a, a recent thread that's been going on that's, that's basically like that. And, yeah. and I, I think the whole thing is like some people, uh, <laughs> just like we like, we, we say, well, take the walls off and, you know, like, let's, let's make it irrelevant. Let's just go wherever. And it's, but also if someone were to start and then decide to stop, <laughs> that's okay too. Like, it doesn't yeah. mean like you're, um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like the idea is uh, on this whole thing is freedom. And uh, you hit it on the head. I, I, I know that um, anytime you're planning on doing something that's a little bit different than the norm, you know, it's the whole crabs in the bucket syndrome, right? You're, you're, you're trying to crawl out and they'll pull you back down. They'll pull you back down. They'll pull you back down. And if you keep trying, they'll, they'll chop your claws off. <laughs> they'll keep you from, from going. And, and I, my wife's sister, I mean, I can say this because she'll never listen uh, to this. I don't think if she does. Uh, well, she can, we can, we can talk about it, but she said to her, um, as my wife decided to share the plan with her, she said, oh yeah, well, we'll see, uh, mm -hmm. when you fail and you come back in, in, uh, you know, uh, in less than a year from now. And, um, and it was just one of those, uh, 
it, it can be, it's hard for people to accept, honestly, because yeah. it's just, it's different. And maybe some other people feel jealous or envious or whatever the reasons are. It can also just douse the, the fire of, of what you have. And uh, it, it's just, you just got to be around other people who are headed in the same direction. It's just going to help you to get there quicker. Yeah. So I, I love it. Well, you have, uh, you have really helped out in so many ways today. And, and um, it's been so much fun to connect with you and um, just, again, just experience you on, on this level and, and uh, you know, grow uh, from, what, from what you've offered. Um, I was hoping you could, you could end it off uh, a, a certain way. Now, we all know how we can get in touch with you. Amy, we can find you where and how. Can you just go ahead and mention that? And then I'll, I'll give you my final exit question. Okay. Yep. All my links, um, social media, collective, what have you, podcast, everything's at nomadtopia.com. Okay. And I'll have that in the show notes. Amy, here it is. You're talking to the younger version of Amy and, and maybe it's, you know, an actual person out there that's in the same place. And there's that, there's that valley of, valley of indecision. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I just stay here? It's just easier. Or, or do, I, do I go for it? And, um, you know, there are Amy's out there, young Amy's right now that are thinking and are living in that same place. And I know you just jumped into the deep end, but I also know that if you're like any of the other, the rest of us, you, you had that, that, that moment of, of, uh, you know, uh, you know, that fright. And so I just want you to speak to that person and, um, and, you know, let's encourage that person to, to, to do it, Sarah. Just, I just wanted to hear your heart there. Yeah, I, um, as you're talking, the thing that came to mind is that, well, two things. I have very few, luckily, situations in my life um, that I do feel this way about, and I want to keep them to as, as minimal as possible. Um, feeling, things where I go, well, what if? What if I had done that? Mm. What if I had made the different choice? What if I'd made that hard decision? What if I had taken the leap? And that's, that's a crappy feeling, right? To be looking back on an opportunity that you didn't take or that thing that you were afraid to do. Um, yeah, a little bit in different context, but I, that guy I mentioned that I moved to LA to be with, um, we ended up breaking up and he said, I'm so sorry I dragged you out here and it didn't work out. And I said, well, first of all, you didn't drag me. I don't, you know, I came with my own free will. I said, but if I hadn't come, I would have always been wondering what if, mm. and wondering if this would have worked out if I had made the choice. And so now I don't have to wonder. I know that that was not the relationship for me and I can move on. And I, yeah, so I think, you know, any aspect of life, um, I think we can have those kinds of feelings or the opportunity to not have that what if. Um, and then the other piece of it is the wanting to live with intention which is kind of related, but it's, I always, I'm, well, one, I'm dating myself a little bit, but also I like to quote this talking head song, <laughs> once in a lifetime, you know, and, they, and it's the one where he says like, this is not my house. This is not, you know, this is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. How did I get here? And I remember when I first heard that song, just, I was like, oh God, that's like my worst nightmare. To, and I don't even know if this is what he's trying to say, but I interpret it as waking up someday in a life that um, I never expected in a bad way, because my life is not what I expected, but in a good way, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and having just kind of coasted along and then been like, wait a minute, what is this life? And this is not 
where I would have chosen to go if I had been more intentional. And so I interpret that as, yeah, just making more intentional choices um, along the way that are going to, you know, I don't know where they're going to take me, but at least I made a choice um, instead of just coasting along. Mm. Eliminate the what ifs, Mm -hmm. live intentional, be on purpose. Amy, thank you so much for sharpening us today and hopefully provoking people to uh, maybe imagine and maybe provoking other people past imagination and into action. Uh, Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you. This has been great. All right. Well, guys, listen, uh, we are going to uh, send you on your way. And I just, again, want to encourage you that if you can sell anywhere, you can sell everywhere. Go out there and live on purpose and crush it. Hey, thanks for joining us. And before you hit that next button on that phone, I want you to continue with me for just a little bit longer because I've put something together, especially for you. I want you to go over to DonnieTuttle.com and you are going to find that I have put together a course on selling anywhere. I have literally taken all of the mistakes out of this thing that I've learned over the course of two and a half years and I provide a template of how you can go out there and sell anywhere. Everything from the traveling and the moving to the setup to the teardown to the mindset methods and motivation to different formats of being able to present to people in a way that is compelling. I have done that for you and I'm asking you to go to DonnieTuttle.com and download the first class session for free. Thanks for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode.